This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. South Carolina shocked the college football world late last season with upset victories against Tennessee and on the road at Clemson. So what does South Carolina Gamecocks have in store for an encore in 2023? Hello, it is Wednesday, June 7th. This is the College Football Daily. We sat down with South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer to discuss the first two seasons on the job, the development of Spencer Radler at quarterback, the transfer portal, and his new hires to his staff at South Carolina in a loaded SEC East that has somewhat been overshadowing the Gamecocks and the progress made under Shane Beamer, which goes into the 2023 season as a legitimate top 25 candidate. I'm here with South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer. I want to start off by just straight up asking, like, how is it the first two years you're able to, have, quote unquote, have these surprising games, these these upsets? It almost seems like, you know, we go into year three, and we're going, all right, so which game on the schedule is the one that we're not expecting them to win that they're going to end up winning? What what has been the, the magic to that? Tennessee, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the players. They played really well uh, in those games, and, and um, it all gets down to players and those both those two games that you're mentioning. We played really well in those games. There's no question about it. Uh, we got a bunch of competitors on our team, and they were eager to go compete against top five, top six teams. You know, I kind of look at it, on the other hand, is we've got to – how do we be more consistent? You know, my first year, we, we started out 2-0, and then we lost two, and we were 2-2, two and two, and then the rest of the season, we never lost two in a row but then we never won two in a row and then last season you know we were in we had a four game winning streak I think at one point uh, early in the season after starting uh, one and two but then we had some you know certainly poor performances yeah. down the stretch as well so you know every year for us it's how do we maximize the potential of that particular team and, and that'll be the key again this year and hopefully we play you know to our potential in all those games and gives us a chance to, to win the majority of them you know people talk about now the hunter now the hunted or whatever and I think there is some some clarity with that and going into this season that you know when you came into South Carolina people just expected well, a rebuilding project and everything is a rebuilding project no matter what stage you're in but to to go into this year and it's like okay now they're beating top five teams do you change your approach or does is there a different mindset with some of the players going into the year? You know, I think every team is different, particularly nowadays with transfer portal and all that. I mean, it's what what motivational tactics that maybe worked in twenty twenty one didn't work with 2022 and 2023 may be different than 2022 so i think that's something you always kind of figure out with your team but you know we've always since i've been there i feel like going back to your first question we've performed well when maybe we some of our guys felt slighted or disrespected or whatnot and yes there's uh we're a popular team right now that people are talking about but there's also plenty of motivation too because i can find plenty of preseason top 25 polls that we're not in yeah. i can find plenty of um preseason magazines that are predicting us to go six and six. I can find plenty of all conference teams that don't have any of our guys on it. You know, so you always look to find every little edge. But, you know, to me, we try to treat 
every I know every coach says it, but we try and treat you know every game the same. And you know certainly there's some teams that Tennessee probably will look different at us this upcoming season after the game the past year than they did maybe going into the season mm-hmm. because they clobbered us the year before. You know so that stuff changes, but every team is different, including ours. With the portal and you bring in new players, and most of them usually veterans, <laughs> so they almost take it to a different approach when they join a new team. Uh, you know like it's like veteran players in the NFL that join a team they got a job to do it's Mm -hmm. almost kind of how they approach it sometimes but how does that change kind of one maybe identifying the identity of your team because I know a lot of coaches it usually takes a few weeks into the season to realize okay this is what we do well obviously yeah this is what I can lean on even in the locker room is is that easier to do when you've got transfers or is it more difficult because it's a bunch of new guys mixing in with the crew that's already there yeah no it's a great question i think it's more difficult um now it helps if they're there in in january but the lack and be able to go through spring practice but the last two years we've brought in transfers that we're expecting to play that weren't there for spring practice you know so we got guys that are going to play for us this season that literally just got on campus this week uh right around memorial day uh so that makes it a challenge because you got to get them up to speed on what you're doing learn their strengths and things like that as well not to mention the team the team dynamic as well i mean i've had that those conversations with transfers that have come in that look bud you're not like an independent contractor that we just brought in to run for a thousand yards or catch 50 balls and then move on like you're going to buy into this team dynamic uh so i've certainly you know i've had those conversations as well but um it is you know i think you can look at it with um with spencer last year spencer rattler i mean he he i wouldn't say that he played poorly early in the season because I mean, we lost to Arkansas, but he had a great game throwing yeah. the football that day. But I do think whether it's him or it's the other transfers or freshmen or but more specifically how they all play together, it takes a little bit of time. I mean, we were a better offense, obviously, late in the season than we were at the beginning of the season. And it's a work in progress. You hope it doesn't take, you know, 10 games or 11 games for it to click. But certainly it makes the, the summer, June and July, what you're able to do with your players more critical than ever. I just told our team that the other night um, because we get more time with them on the field and in the meeting room and then it certainly makes uh, the month of August uh, more critical than ever to just come together as a team and make sure you're doing your best to be playing really well excuse me really really well at the beginning of the season. Obviously Spencer has gotten so much attention over the years and people want to try to label quarterbacks or they watch the way they react on the sideline and I know you get asked that every time someone brings up Spencer about his past and everything Yeah, but uh, the way he I want to say grew up but the way he handled the adversity early last season, the new team, and then to perform as well as he did down the stretch. Do you think guys like me or even in the media just have not given him enough credit for how he seemingly every year faces something just completely drastically bad <laughs> and has rebounded every time? I would agree with that statement. And, and I've said it before. I mean, people talked about the adversity and how Spencer handled getting benched at Oklahoma in 2021. Right. You know, I always tell the story 2020. I mean, 2020, he takes over for Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts have been the three quarterbacks he replaces and goes on to lose his first two big game, big 12 games as the starting quarterback. We start out one and two. We beat Missouri State and Coach Petrino, and then we lose to Kansas State and Iowa State back to back weeks. And you know, from covering this game long enough, like you're not supposed to lose two big 12 games at Oklahoma, especially two in a row to start the season. And I saw how he rebounded from that in that game, in during that season. 
season, Lincoln, Coach Riley, he actually benched him during the Texas game and then put him back in for the second half, and Spencer leads the team to a four-overtime victory against Texas. So I've seen him deal with adversity, and, and I would never count you know count him out. The thing that I probably get, I don't want to say irritated, but bothers me a little bit is when people act like all of a sudden he just started playing well against uh, Tennessee and Clemson. Now, he wasn't throwing for 500 yards in every game, but the kid led us to the first win that South Carolina's ever had against Texas A&M. He beat Kentucky for the first time in Lexington since I think Connor Shaw was our quarterback. You know, he led us to our first top 25 ranking. Now, were we just lighting people up on offense at that point? Not necessarily. We were playing really well on special teams. We, We made defensive plays in that game. So there's no question that he could have played better. All of us could, but he he did some really good things. Now, statistically, you watch him late in the season, you say, oh my God, because of the way he's playing, but to answer your question, I don't think he gets enough credit for how he's rebounded from difficult things, and then I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did throughout the season, not just the last uh, couple games. I was at the the, the Carolina Arkansas game early last season, and, and my takeaway just objectively was, man, this Carolina offensive line just really struggling. Mm-hmm. But Spencer was still able to do what he did. Mm-hmm. I think three for more than three hundred yards in that game. When you look at the personnel this year, one, I want to ask about the offense line how's that look going in but also just overall as a team as you try to fill certain spots through the portal you know we lost we lost a lot on the offensive line there's no question about it we lost uh, three starters on the offensive line and two solid backups so there's five offensive linemen that that uh, were seniors or moved on to the NFL so we've got a lot to replace now we've we've addressed that in the portal we've brought in three transfer offensive linemen you know from the portal one that was here for spring practice this Nick Gargiulo that transferred from Yale. We've got some good play. We got the good news is, Brandon, we've got some players on the offensive line that have played a lot of football. And then the key for us is that just like pretty much every position we have, we're going to have to rely on some true freshmen on the offensive line. So offensive line's been a position that we looked at in the portal that we needed to address just from a depth standpoint. You know this. I mean, you need more than five. Uh, so we want to go into a season feeling like we have, you know, seven or eight guys that we can roll through and, and rotate through every game and, and feel pretty good good about that as they continue to come on and then and really for us it's every position I don't think a coach is ever ever just satisfied if, if, if uh, in the last six months or whenever if, if an opportunity presents itself to to increase the depth that are at a position or make our team better I'll always you know look into that but if you just look at numbers okay we want to ideally have this number of players at this position from a scholarship standpoint offensive lines a position that we were a little bit under running back was a position that we were a little bit under and then and uh, defensive end, pass rusher, you know, was a was a position that just if you go by our target numbers, we weren't quite quite where we needed to uh, needed to be. So we tried to address that in the portal, and, and in some ways we did, in some ways we we did it, and that's okay. We've got a really talented group of freshmen that we're excited about. Now the key for us is just going to be how quickly do we get them ready to play. Much more with Shane Beamer after these messages. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
In the offseason, you hired Dow Loggins as your offensive coordinator away from Arkansas as a tight ends coach. And some people in the college game who just pay attention to that probably aren't too familiar with him, but this is a guy that was like young, up-and-comer, like all yeah. of a sudden offensive coordinator of the NFL, probably put in some bad situations personnel-wise, but was always seen as just freaking really smart mm-hmm. and creative. And I, I have followed his career just because I'm an Arkansas guy. Yeah. I, I about his same age. And he's a guy that strikes me that if he had stayed in the college game as a coordinator would be a head coach at this mm-hmm. point and leading his own program. What does his offense look like? Because we haven't seen really him do that in college yet. Mm-hmm. And how different is it going to be from what we saw last season in Carolina? Or is it similar? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's fantastic. He's been – obviously, we haven't played any games, but he's he's been even better than I thought he would be just from a relationship standpoint, recruiting standpoint. And that's one thing that attracted me – one of the many things that attracted to me – attracted me to Dow was just his background and all the different offenses that he had been around and not just different offenses in the NFL and in college because he spent a little time with Penn State before he came to Arkansas but also the type of quarterbacks he's been around whether it's KJ Jefferson at Arkansas or whether it was Sam Darnold in the NFL or Jay Cutler or whoever it might be he's been around a lot of different types of quarterbacks so um, he's a guy that I think he's very flexible in what we do so many coordinators are are set in their ways. We're going to run this system. We're going to call it this and you better learn it and we better have the personnel to run it. And I think Dow is flexible enough. I know he is because of the systems he's been around and his personality that he can look at what we do and really accentuate what we do best. And, and that's still a work in progress. I mean, we got a lot of guys that, that are going to be playing for us in game one against North Carolina that either just got on campus right. this week or haven't even gotten here yet because they're still finishing up high school. So uh, we got guys that are going to be playing in game one against North Carolina that have transferred in that, that weren't here for spring practice you know so we got to figure that out this summer but I believe at the end of the day we've got to be more consistent offensively um, I mean we scored 63 points against Tennessee and 31 against Clemson and 38 against Notre Dame but we scored six against uh, Florida and that was on a fake punt that we threw for a touchdown yeah, that's right. Missouri we didn't do anything on offense against Missouri and I get it I mean there's great defenses in this league you're not going to score 30 points every single game but just the we, we need to look like a well-coached team well-coached offense each and every week and and be able to run it be able to throw it a little bit better more consistently and and then at the end of the day just do what we do well and get the ball to our best players and I know every coach says that and it's cliche but it's uh it's true let's not overcomplicate things and, and I think Dow's got a good way about himself of of not doing that he's he's been in the NFL but he's also been in college enough to know that you know what sometimes we overcomplicate and I've never been in the NFL but sometimes we have a tendency to overcomplicate things in the NFL so I think that NFL experience plus his college experience is is uh, really going to do us well as far as he, we blend those two types of types of um, uh, systems. Your philosophy, the way you are, you're very approachable. I mean, to be quite honest with you, like I, I get several coaches on the the podcast, or whatever, and it's very just like I've got eight minutes. That's all I'm giving you. Or a lot of guys go, I'll do. You. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk to you. I don't. Or they just they're guarded. They don't want to talk. They're afraid they're going to say something. And you obviously are are the son of a legendary coach, so you've seen it up close. You see how the sausage is made you see how the media can be but yet you're like i said very approachable you want to talk to people you're a relationship guy you're willing to open up why is that i would think a guy like you would be more guarded so why are you the way you are shane i guess that's what i'm asking that's a good question i think you just answered it i mean i'm a i like to think that i'm a relationship
relationship person. I'm a people person. I enjoy uh, talking to people, getting to know people. I realize what a tough job you and everyone else in the media have. You're in this because you love college football and you love college athletics, just like I do. And uh, we all have a job to do. That's part of it. To every opportunity that I have to, whether it be to sit down with you or sit down with someone else, it's a chance to promote our program and and have people talking about South Carolina football. You know, which I think is is great. And and I'll be honest, I don't know how many coaches will say this, but I really enjoy the media. And uh, I always, even growing up, I mean, I just always had. I was a communications minor in college right. and, and yeah. always was fascinated by the I remember when dad, my dad was coaching at Murray State and I used to love to wake up on Sunday mornings with him because he used to have to drive to Paducah, Kentucky to tape his TV show on WPSD television mm-hmm. in Paducah, Kentucky and I just thought that was so cool being able to go into the studio and, and so whether it be TV, radio, newspaper writers, I don't know, I just always uh, I don't want to say had a fascination but just always you know enjoyed that part of it and, and, and I enjoy it. I mean I really truly enjoy talking South Carolina football and I enjoy talking and getting to know people as well. So I think that's really, uh, really it. And I always wanted to be, I didn't want to be one of those head coaches that all of a sudden you become a head coach and you like change and you all of a sudden, okay, well, this is how I'm supposed to act now that I'm an SEC head football coach and, and I'm going to be me. I'm not going to try and be somebody that I'm not. Uh, I would hope that people would say, they said this about my dad. I did, and yeah. people do, that I hope he's the same person the day that he got the South Carolina job and until the day that he's no longer the coach at South Carolina, whenever that is, hopefully a long time from now, I don't want to change and, and, and certainly don't want to change how I treat people and things like that as well. So expectations do rise this, this year for you, but so how do you – I mean, obviously you avoid disappointment by winning games, but what is – I'm not going to put a win total to it. South Carolina, you can define it as a successful season if – we maximize the potential and the ability of this year's team. And um, whenever our season ends, when we play the last regular season game against Clemson and, and hopefully a bowl game after that, that I can say, okay, you know what? I feel like we, we got everything out of this team, that we got better as the year went on. That's something that's been critical. Is this the best team you've had roster-wise? It's hard to say because I still look at it and, okay, I, you know, I wish we had a little yeah. bit more here. I wish we were a little bit older here. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, I think certainly we've – there's a lot of things I'm excited about, you know, on this year's team, but it's uh, there's a lot of challenges as well. The youth that we're going to play, the schedule we're going to play. You know, we open up with the defending ACC Coastal champion, and we finish with the defending ACC champion, um, and then eight SEC games in between. So to me, it's um, being able to look back and say that you, you, we got the most out of this team, but we also got better as the year went on, and we did that the last two seasons. You know, my first year we won, uh, we lost to Texas A&M, then we won three out of our last five, beat Florida, Auburn, and North Carolina last year. We we won two out of our what our three out of our last four and, and our last two regular season games. You know, so we're a team that from the beginning of the season to the end, we continue to improve and get better. That's going to be critical for us. Um, and um, and just say that you know what we we really we really maximize the ability of this year's team. My my last thing, and and I obviously I have to bring up Clemson, but also I I've had people when they talk to me about you know the little snipes that could be back and forth in the rivalry and everything, and how you haven't necessarily backed down from that. And I've had people also tell me, like, Shane, in the media, it seems like, is 
is almost like Dabo in a lot of ways in the way he approaches things. What's what's that like in the rivalry there in the state one year round? But especially now that you beat Clemson, not just beat them, but you beat them at their place. Mm-hmm. What's that like? And yeah, is that does that make you more willing to? say things about Clemson um the rivalry is really really intense um I say this all the time the two most intense rivalries 365 24 7 that I've been around ever been around are Ole Miss Mississippi State and Clemson Carolina Carolina Clemson excuse me and um (laughs) um and I think that's you know two small states you don't have pro sports and you really are truly one or the other so um it's a really intense rivalry it was when I was there as an assistant coach it's now really intense now that I'm there as a head coach I've got great respect for them. I mean, you look at what they've done. Um, I mean, it's amazing. I was part of, uh, when I left South Carolina the first time, it was, we had just won our second in a row over them in the midst of winning three more in a row after I left. So I think Carolina won five straight against Clemson. And then after that, I mean, Dabo has obviously built a monster since then. And um, uh, as a competitor, you you embrace, you know, that challenge. Uh, Dabo has been very good to me. I really, truly consider him a very close friend. He was very complimentary of our team after the game on the field when we shook hands and, and I feel the same way about him. Now he wants to beat the heck out of me 365 days a year in recruiting and on the field but and and, the, and same way with us and them. And I don't know, I think all my comments have been very, you know, respectful yeah. towards Clemson. It's a rivalry. You certainly have fun with the rivalry and things like that. But, you know, it, I think it's pretty cool. I've had, I'm sure there's a lot of Clemson fans that don't like me, but I've had a ton of Clemson fans over the last yeah. six months that have come up to me in public to just say, you know, I'm a Clemson fan, but I like you. And they do say, you remind me a lot of Dabo. Um, but then they yeah. all say it's great for the state when this rivalry is good and, and they're right and, and it's and, and whatnot. So I, I appreciate that uh, also. And, and to me, I take that as a compliment. I mean, Dabo's done a lot of good things in his in his program. And, and well, just uh, say one bad thing about Clemson. Just one bad thing, Shane. <laughs> one what bad, you got? Um, What's in the chamber? Man, um, it's hard to say. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to give you – I don't know. It's um, – oh, I know. It's. Um, I'm just trying try. to think. I'm just trying to think of something that's a little bit of a layup as, <laughs> and whatnot as well. I'll say this. I drove from – I played golf in Greenville last Saturday and or last Thursday and was driving from uh, Greenville, South Carolina, outside Clemson to uh, uh, a lake in Georgia. So the traffic on 85 trying to get from Greenville into the state of Georgia going over the lakes around Clemson was really, really brutal. So didn't like the traffic around the Clemson. How's that? How about that? <laughs> what, a, what a just absolute disarming <laughs> attack on Clemson. There was bad traffic on the interstate. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Shane Beamer, thank you so much. No, thank you. Appreciate all you do, Brandon. Thanks again to Shane Beamer for sitting down with me to talk about his South Carolina Gamecocks. I learned a lot, and he's always very willing to spend time with us. I appreciate that. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brandon Marcello. You've been listening to the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road.